Hey y'all, Eve's here. We're doubling up today with two events in history. On with the show. Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. The day was June 16, 1963. Soviet cosmonaut Valentina Vladimirovna Tereshkova became the first woman to go into space when she left Earth in the spacecraft Vostok 6. Valentina was born in Maslenikava, a village near the Volga River, not far from Moscow. Her father was a tractor driver and a soldier before he died in the Winter War when Tereshkava was two years old. Her mother worked on a textile assembly line in a cotton mill. When she was a teenager, Valentina left school and started working in the textile mill too. But she also had a love for skydiving. She joined an amateur parachuting club, and she soon became interested in flying. Valentina was also part of the Communist Party. An offshoot of the Cold War, the space race was a battle between the U.S. and the Soviet Union over space exploration and technological advancement. By 1961, the Soviet Union had already sent the first person into space when Yuri Gagarin orbited Earth on April 12th. But the space race continued throughout the 1960s. When Tereshkava was 24 years old, she applied to become a cosmonaut. Though she had no pilot training, the Soviet Union had been considering sending a woman into space. And Valentina's modest background, plus her experience in parachuting, made her an ideal candidate for the cosmonaut program and Soviet propaganda and bragging rights at beating the U.S. to the punch. Yuri Gagarin oversaw the selection process for women cosmonauts, which began in mid-1961. Out of hundreds of women who were chosen to be screened for the position, Valentina was one of five women who were chosen to train as cosmonauts in 1962. The candidates went through months of training for spaceflight, including classroom study, as well as testing of their ability to be alone for a while, their ability to withstand extreme gravity and weightlessness conditions, and their competence in parachute jumps. The program was kept under wraps from the public. All of the candidates were commissioned as second lieutenants in the Soviet Air Force. But after 18 months of testing, Tereshkava became chief pilot of the Vostok 6 she would be the only woman to go into space. The space flight would be a dual mission. Cosmonaut Valery Bakovsky launched on Vostok 5 on June 14, 1963. Valentina launched on Vostok 6 two days later. She flew with the call sign Chaika, meaning seagull. Tereshkava reported, in the porthole, in the outer ring, the horizon is visible. It's a very beautiful sight. At first, it's light blue, then lighter, then dark. She also sent greetings to Soviet women and women of the world from the Vostok 6. In the next 70 hours and 50 minutes, Valentina completed 48 orbits of Earth. On the trip, Baikovsky and Tereshkova's spacecrafts came within three miles, or five kilometers, of each other. She performed tests on plants and animals, and she gathered data about her body and the spacecraft while on board. On June 19th, she ejected from her capsule and parachuted back to Earth, landing near Karagandai, Kazakhstan. It was later revealed that an error in navigation software caused the spacecraft to move away from Earth, 
but Tereshkava and Soviet scientists were able to fix the issue to give her a safe, if bumpy, landing. Upon her return to Earth, she traveled around the world as a goodwill ambassador. She received a number of honors, including the Order of Lenin and the United Nations Gold Medal of Peace. She never flew in space again, and the cosmonaut program for women was shut down in 1969. Tereshkava went on to marry and divorce another cosmonaut, Andrian Nikolaev, with whom she had a daughter. She graduated from the Zhukovsky Air Force Academy and earned a doctorate in engineering. Tereshkava became a test pilot and instructor and got a doctorate in technical sciences. She also became a member in the USSR Supreme Soviet, which was the National Parliament, and the Presidium, a body within the Supreme Soviet. She also served on the Soviet Women's Committee. The next woman who flew in space was cosmonaut Svetlana Shevetskaya, who did so in 1982. It wasn't until the next year when Sally Ride became the first American woman to fly in space. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. But if you want to learn even more, you can listen to a new podcast I host called Unpopular. Unpopular is about people in history who challenged the status quo and were often persecuted for it. You can listen anywhere you listen to this day in history class. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at T-D-I-H-C podcast. Thanks again for being here, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey y'all, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a podcast that brings you a new tidbit of history every day. The day was June 16, 1858. Lawyer and politician Abraham Lincoln began his campaign for Illinois Senator with a speech now known as the House Divided Speech. The Kansas-Nebraska Act, passed by U.S. Congress in 1854, effectively ended the Missouri Compromise and let each territory decide whether they would allow slavery on the basis of popular sovereignty. Senator Stephen A. Douglas of Illinois drafted the act, which ignited tensions and violence over slavery. The act split the Whig Party, since all Northern Whigs had opposed the bill and most Southern Whigs and some Northern Democrats supported it. Most Southern Whigs went to the Democratic Party, and the withdrawal of Northern Whigs led to the formation of the Republican Party. When the Kansas-Nebraska Act was passed, Abraham Lincoln was working as a lawyer and had previously been a member of the U.S. House of Representatives. Lincoln was opposed to the Kansas-Nebraska Act, as he made clear in his Peoria speech in October of 1854. In it, he criticized popular sovereignty and slavery, he said that the act had a, quote, declared indifference, but a, quote, covert, real zeal for the spread of slavery. He said that he hated this indifference, quote, because of the monstrous injustice of slavery itself. I hate it because it deprives our Republican example of its just influence in the world. Lincoln opposed the expansion of slavery, but he was not an abolitionist. He opposed slavery on moral, legal, and economic grounds. So early on, he wasn't interested in joining the anti-slavery Republican Party. But in 1856, Lincoln joined the party. He continued to oppose the expansion of slavery as an institution that was at odds with the Declaration of Independence and the idea that all men are created equal. 
When Stephen Douglas was up for re-election in the U.S. Senate in 1858, the Republican Party nominated Lincoln to run against him. Lincoln began his campaign with a speech in Springfield, Illinois, on June 16th. He said the following in the speech. A house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe this government cannot endure permanently half-slave and half-free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. I do not expect the house to fall, but I do expect it will cease to be divided. It will become all one thing or all the other. Lincoln went on to say that people who opposed slavery would keep it from spreading further, or people who supported slavery would push it forward until it became law in all the states. While Douglas believed that using popular sovereignty to decide on slavery would prevent conflict, Lincoln believed that the 1857 Supreme Court decision in Dred Scott versus Sanford guaranteed the expansion of slavery. The speech gave Douglas a lot of fuel for his campaign. People feared that Lincoln was prophesying a civil war. Lincoln and Douglas went on to engage in a series of debates that were widely covered by the press, and slavery was a major point of discussion in these debates. But senators were elected by a vote of the state legislature, and the legislators chose to re-elect Douglas. Regardless, Lincoln got a lot of national attention during his run. He won the Republican presidential nomination and was elected president in November of 1860. The next month, South Carolina became the first state to declare its secession from the Union. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us via email. We're at thisday at iheartmedia.com. You can also hit us up on social media. We're at TDIHC Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.